right, live from Studio 6B on a Monday night, Real America's Voice. The president is live right now in Sanford, Florida. Let's uh, let's go to the president. He's got to be almost about done. He's been speaking for about an hour. So let's go to the president and see. Oh, there you go. He's done. <laughs> yeah, it was good timing. He was on time tonight, and he started right at 7, so I figured he was going to be cutting it close. And uh, there you go. So there's the president back on the campaign trail for the first time in Sanford, Florida, with a crowd that was, well, it was big. Yeah, well, they could fire up a crowd in no time, huh? Come he on. said that. You know, he said, um, these, these events are the real polls. He said, when do we announce this? Uh, the, like yesterday, the day before? There's, there's um, 30,000 people there. See the video I sent today? Well, Rick sent, one of us sent, uh, no one at the Biden rally? Well, I've got some video on Biden. I mean, let's just well, let's just get right to it. Joe Biden did not have a good day today. And here's a little bit. I've actually got more that I that happened after I made this. Here's a little bit though how it went. Oh, people are going to be mad with a crazy town starting this early. If you may remember, I got in trouble when we were running against the senator who was a Mormon. The governor, okay? <laughs> I took him on. You know, we have to come together. That's why I'm running. I'm running as a proud Democrat for the Senate. So vote! <laughs> vote! Visit IWill.com slash Ohio. <laughs> and that was all before about 3 o'clock. Wow, they should have put a lid on him yesterday. Oh my God! I mean, I saw the I saw the Senate thing, and I said, "Well, yeah, no, he did that. That was like a year ago. He said he was running for the Senate." And then someone said, "No, no, this is from today." Wow. I said, he "What did it again?" I'm a proud Democrat running for the Senate today. We're 23 days from the election. How? How? See, he really isn't running for president. He knows it's going to be Kamala Harris. He's just getting ready for him to do something else. It's like, just give me something else to do. I don't know if you saw one of his ads that's floating around social media. It says Biden-Harris. Biden is written in his puny <laughs> writing, and Harris is in this big, bold thing. I'm not even kidding. It's crazy. As my slogan went for them when I announced, when he announced her, Biden, her time. Biden, <laughs> her time. That's good. Yeah, that's what it is. I mean, it's uh, this, is fr- this is before 3 o'clock today. He cannot remember who they ran against in 2012. Yeah, they, uh, the Mormon guy. <laughs> Used to be a governor, nice look hair, and worked in the, uh, you know. Yeah, we do a lot of business yeah. together. He's, his name slips me uh, yeah. right now. His he can't kid, remember. His kid, and, his kid and my kid, they uh, go to camp together. He yeah. can't remember who in they the ran Ukraine. against in 12. He can't remember what he's running for. I also, I couldn't put it in there. He also tweeted today, good to be in Ohio when he was in Virginia. <laughs> he wasn't in where he tweeted he was. And then he went to, um, he went to Ohio, cut 15 G and it didn't get any better. Here's Joe <laughs> Biden. Well, oh yeah, let's do this one first. Here's Joe Biden in Ohio, cut 15. When I first got elected to the United States Senate, I hadn't been, I was 29, I was in Washington and uh, interviewing my, for staff, using uh, Senator Kennedy's uh, whip office. No. And uh, I got a phone. Senator Kennedy was, was, the, was not the whip when he, when he went into the Senate. It was Robert Byrd. So he couldn't even get that right. He did not use Senator Kennedy's office. He used Senator Robert Byrd. 
uh, who he was good friends with, by the way. Now that may be his mentor. Yeah, that may be an on-purpose mistake there because maybe he doesn't want to remind you of that. Well, we have the video of him eulogizing him. (laughs) Yes, we do. And we have the video of him calling for segregation and telling us his kids don't want to live in a racial jungle and black is beautiful and the whole idea of black pride, it would ruin it by by, uh, having integration. So we need to continue segregation. And you ain't black and, not, and everything. White kids are just as smart as uh, poor kids are just as smart as white kids. George Floyd had a bigger impact than MLK. Yeah. That's a beauty. We've got it all. What a beauty. And, um, well, so one more time, G, on the crazy town that Joe <laughs> Biden starts this day. This was, this was Joe Biden's day today. Roll that. If you may remember... I got in trouble when we were running against the senator who was a Mormon, uh, the governor, okay? (laughs) I took him on. And it got. You know, we have to come together. That's why I'm running. I'm running as a proud Democrat for the Senate. So vote! (laughs) Vote! Visit I will He's going to win the Senate in a landslide. His name is Joe. Uh, his name is Mitt Joe. Mitt Romney. <laughs> Greatest the, the yes. fighting on the next one. I wrote, wow. You're running for effing president. I mean, could you please remember that? And then uh, visit IWill.com. <laughs> what, what, what is that? I will what? Maybe uh, it's IWillVote.com slash Ohio. I have no idea. IWill.com. Okay. I don't know. We'll look it up. You know, and then, f- and then punch that. in 3023330 when you're there. By the way, did anyone see the goofy thing about his uh, text 30330 that if it's divided by 2020, it comes out 666? No. I, I, but I it would, nothing would surprise me. I mean, who figures that stuff out? But it's but somebody should know if it is doing that. It's Pick a different number. Well, if you go to Antifa.com, it goes right to Joe Biden's site, right? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the website for IWill.com yeah. does not exist. I know. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. How, by the way. 23 this days. How, this is how little people care now. This is how conditioned the youth of the nation is because they have just been conditioned. That, you know, socialism, that's fine. When I was a kid, being an anti-establishment guy, like a punk rocker or a metalhead, it was like, at the establishment, man, now the kids are like, I'm pro-establishment. I'll do whatever I'm told. I'm a lemming. Yeah. Like, what has happened? Big, big government. Woohoo! Yeah. Somebody make my bath and tuck me in. Yeah. Um... So, I mean, I don't know. Not a good day for Joe. 23 days away. I mean, we laugh at it and have some fun, but it's not funny, actually. This guy wants to be the president of the United States. You, this is why um, Fruitcake Pelosi is out there Friday talking about the 25th Amendment. Maybe it's not. I mean, this is a trial run to get Kamala in and get him out. By the way, she was a disaster today. Kamala Harris reading the teleprompter gives Joe Biden hope that he could give speeches for uh, big pay. <laughs> Let me just tell you that right now. She gives him hope that he could get hired for half a million like old Bubba Clinton did, giving speeches around the world. That's how bad she is. She's worse than he is. She read her speech at the Amy Coney Barrett. I think it was Amy Coney Barrett. It may have been a legislative hearing on the uh, Affordable Care Act. I'm not sure between the two which one it was. I'm pretty sure it was Amy Coney Barrett's day one, but the Democrats acted... Like it was a legislative markup session on the ACA. We'll get into that in a second. And they're disgraceful. I mean, have you ever seen anybody in public behave the way these people do? The way they conduct themselves in these hearings? I've never seen anything like it. 
<laughs> Never. You talk about all those pictures of of, of supposed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. And that's yeah. fine. I mean, whatever the stories are, the stories, and that's fine. But what what are we there for? We're not there to have a legislative hearing on the ACA. And exactly. it also. Right, they made a nice case. They made a nice case for universal care. I personally think anybody who gives you something can take it away. I'd much rather the free market handle medicine and with great competition and you know force prices down. But what the heck? We're trying to. This is a, a Supreme Court hearing. What are they doing? Yeah, they're making political speeches about the ACA. They're making legislative speeches about the ACA. And it just shows you how poorly the Republicans have handled this whole ACA thing because it was really a winning issue to say, I mean, to listen to them fight for this, it's like, oh, yeah, geez, we, I mean, we, we wouldn't be able to kill people anymore and kill babies anymore. And we, uh, we have to get, we have all these high deductibles and we can't choose our, th- oh, God, we don't want to lose that. The Republicans can't make the, um, can't make the argument against it. And they haven't been for 10 years. They told us they're going to get rid of it and all this. Then they, and they haven't. Yeah, they got rid of the individual mandate. Okay, fine. And they, come, they say, well, that's the main thing. Uh, but you listen to them today trying to use it as a um, political weapon against um, the president and uh, Amy Coney Barrett to say this is, this is what it's all about. Meanwhile, you're making a case to someone who literally her job is to do just the opposite, which is to not legislate from the bench. That's what the people you put on the court do. She's not going to do that. And by the way, there's, no, there's absolutely no evidence they point, oh, she's written about it, don't you know? There's no evidence that she would... Um, it's, like, it's like Roe versus Wade, this argument that all of a sudden it's just... Ap- there's more evidence that it would not be touched than there is that they would, to be quite honest. You could make the argument that it would, that Roe versus Wade would not be overturned. And by the way, if it is, it just puts it in the state's hands. So again, they make the argument on... Which way do you believe? Where do you believe it should be? I believe it should be in the state's hands myself. What do you think? Well, I mean, it, it, at the very worst, it should be in the state's hands. I just think states should have more... Uh... Autonomy. I, I like uh, decentralization of everything federal, but just asking you. But I'm, I'm not for I'm not for killing kids, no matter whose decision it is. Hundred so percent. That would be my starting 100%, position. Hundred percent. But to watch them, how they behave in these hearings. Did you watch any of it, Rick? Yeah, I caught a little bit of it, and it's 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 you know harkens back to the freak show of 2016. Well, you know, I mean, as as Kennedy uh, described it as. You know, all these guys just up there pontificating, not paying attention, not not keeping focus to what they're actually supposed to be talking about. It's all it's all grandstanding. They just want to get a headline. Hey, look at me. And then, of course, you know, the clown of the group, Macy Hirono, shows up. I'm sure she was wearing two big red shoes and had a red nose somewhere in a pocket because this lady's the worst. I can't understand how Hawaii votes for this person. She's got to be the dumbest person uh, outside of Joe Biden. Got to be the dumbest person out there. There's a big race for first place, and, and they're all neck and neck. There's like 1,700 of them all just running the stupidest person. It's like it's like a race to the bottom. How stupid can I sound in front of the entire country? Well, you could, as I think I said last week at some point, you could rope them off and charge admission. That's that's basically to look at. I mean, that's it's like the circus that them and. We have to listen to, um, you could say the same thing. Hawaii on Hirono, how she gets elected, I have no idea. 
How does Blumenthal get elected oh, out of Connecticut? That guy. How, I mean, he's the worst, this guy. He hasn't been this upset as he was today since he was in Nam. Oh, and, and don't forget about <laughs> – I know that was, that, was a, whew, he, that was a tough time for him. Don't forget about uh, – what's his name out of, out of New Jersey? Um, ah, he's bald. The guy that's above his prave grade. Well, you got Leahy. He's a disaster, but he's from, I think, Vermont or Maine. Um, you see Leahy, young, you see Frank and Feinstein from California. Oh, the guy from Denver. Little Dick from Illinois. Maxine Waters is uh, looks like she might lose. You see the ad that kid did, the uh, young patriot, Murphy? No, Murphy's that, the that's governor. that's the governor. I'm talking about senator. Yeah. Man, I got to find that kid. Yeah, but I mean, the way ad. they behave in, these, in this hearing today is just, I mean, there wasn't one thing about Booker, Cory Booker. Cory Booker, yes. Oh, Cory Booker. Oh, my goodness. Thank How can you, I audience. Forget? That guy is always on the verge of crying, it sounds like. I couldn't think of his name because I call him Spartacus. From, I, I, don't, oh. I don't call him Cory Booker, so that's why I was so confused. If you had said Spartacus, I would have known who you were talking about. All right, just getting started. Lots to do. Live from Studio 6B, the president wrapped it up in Florida. Lots to do. Glad you're in. Social media, stay with us. Should the Supreme Court be expanded? Uh, you know what, let's, I think that, first of all, Joe's been very clear. Well, sir, don't the voters deserve to know? No, where they don't. Deserve, I'm not going to play his game. I am not, and I, 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 I know you're going to be upset with my answer. Oh, no, they don't. Deserve, I'm not going to play his game. Voters have to wait until November 4th to find out how the vice president and yourself feel about that, what you think about doing that. Well, Joe Biden has been very clear. No, they don't. I'm not going to play his game. They'll know my opinion of court packing when the election is over. And if you haven't figured it out yet, the straight answer is they are going to pack the Supreme Court. Studio 6B on a Monday, Real America's Voice, 18 past the hour. Glad you're in. Paul's going to have the news. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Emirati's going to have sports. Rick, how are you? Big D, how are you? It's good to see you here this morning. <laughs> I mean, tonight. Good to see yes. you here for the show. I survived. I survived. <laughs> I was getting the flowers ready in the jersey. Yeah. Uh, Geo friend holding it down. Harry's, uh, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> should, should, we, should we put out a bolo report on Harry? <laughs> nah, he's in, he's in D.C. Uh, he yeah. keeps telling me. I'm going to come put on his the face show on a the carton d- of milk saying missing. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, we might we might have to f- a gallon bottle. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I meant fired to from the bow. Statue. Paul making fat jokes about Harry. That's you know that's, what sucks. I'm a, I'm a tweener. Not good. Like, I'm not fat enough to make fat jokes because fat guys get mad, and I'm not skinny enough to make like uh, like skinny guy jokes because. I'm disgusting to them. Yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm right in between. I have nowhere to go. Uh, fat guys think I'm fit, and fit guys think I'm gross. Oh, that could be a T-shirt. Fat guys think I'm fit. And <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, yeah, now Harry's in D.C., and he never comes on. He never comes on. He just doesn't want to be part of the show. He tells me he wants to, but he really doesn't. So, I, that's fine. 
whatever. Um, 19 past the hour. Let's do some news here with uh, Mr. Paul Nolan. What's going on in the news? Well, lots going on in the news. What else? Uh, what do you got there? Good morning. <laughs> oh. Sunday <Sorry>. morning. <laughs> what a fruitcake she is. <laughs> so we're talking about, con- like, I was talking to a liberal person the other day trying to ex- understand them and I'm being patient. And they're like, I can't believe the way that Trump goes after Pelosi. She's such a graceful lady. Graceful. And I'm like, are you even remotely aware of what's going on on this planet? Are you even remotely aware? Of th- Do you think she's watching? I hope right so, because Nancy, if you're G, watching, we'd like you on the show. Episode 130. This is for Paul's uh, friend. Uh, Na- What's her name? It's you a guy. Know? All right. What is it? It's a guy. It's a dude. Oh, what's his it's name? Leo. Leo, this is for you. Roll it, G. <laughs> is that um, there are, you know, look cool uh, uh, one is adopted good morning <laughs> Sunday morning the uh, because the constitution does not say that a person can shout yell wolf in a crowded theater. <laughs> uh, the, um, Republicans wrote a bill that abandoned farmers of uh, fam- farming families. It weakens, weakens the farmer's safety net. The <laughs> <laughs> rain or sleet or um, snow or dark of night will keep uh, the courier from his or her now appointed rounds. <laughs> Benefits in 10 years. He doesn't want to do infrastructure until we do the U.S., Mexico, Canada. If that's not the accurate character. Some people call it after NAFTA. Some call it NAFTA. Somebody drinking. Good morning. We'll be talking about it on the floor. Our distinguished chair, Carolyn Maloney, chair of the, uh, the um, Something. C- uh, Committee of Jurisdiction. We'll go over all the provisions Peach. of the bill. Letters to Santa. <laughs> Messages from the Tooth Fairy. (laughs) (laughs) Families communicating. (laughs) Um, Oh, nearly 100,000, 97,000, I think the number is. uh, 97,000 veterans. (laughs) Good morning. I told you this was like coming home for me. was cold so there you go so there's the, that's to your friend leo so maybe after that he'll uh you know won't have any more questions oh my God. about her so i should have gotten politics all right what's going on oh, in the gosh. news paul more than fourteen thousand scientists and medical practitioners have signed a petition against the lockdown measures put in place to curb the spread of covid uh, the disease caused the ccp virus saying that it's causing irreparable damage as of october 8th more than 9,400 medical practitioners and 4,900 medical and health uh, scientists have joined more than 120,000 members of the general public in signing a petition that was created on October 4th 
and uh, authored by Harvard professor of medicine Martin Kuldorf, Oxford professor uh, Sunitra Gupta, who's amazing, by the way. If you don't get a ch- if you had a chance, watch her um, discussions on COVID. She's a brilliant woman. And then Stanford Medical School professor uh, Jay Bachtiaria. Uh, I think I pronounced that right. And uh, it's a uh, it was. Uh, um, <laughs> There was also a big forum, and they uh, they they're begging basically the WHO to follow the proper um, the proper uh, methods here because they are they do they feel like there's enough science to prove that this has been uh, more damage to our children especially. Oh. Well, that's good to know. I, here's what they could have done: the WHO they could have watched this program back in oh I don't know April maybe when we talked about it and I showed you doctor after doctor after doctor, Dr. Gusecki, Dr. Katz, Dr. Um, guy from Stanford that we played over and over. There, there's no scientific findings, evidence that any kind of these lock the world down, everybody hide under your kitchen table has any effect other than what their original purpose was, which was to not overload the health systems, which for that's fine. Which was part of the findings that they're saying that uh, cancer screenings are down, heart screenings are down, blood work tests are down, teen suicide is up, overall suicide is up in adults, drug addiction is up, alcohol abuse is up. Um, the uh, the damage has been irreparable. It just it's a really great uh, story. I'll I'll post it. I'll share it with you. You post it on the on the page tomorrow. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's unbelievable. And we'll get to a little later. We'll get to the the great Fouch. The Fouch is back in the news, um, quack, quack, because um, he's upset that the Trump campaign is using an ad and using him in the ad. So I have the ad, and I have the original clip from Life, Liberty, and Levin that it came from. And you, you figure out if it's being misused from what he said. It's absolutely not. So we'll get to that a little later, too. What else is going on in the news, Paul? All right, Barrett tells Senate she will interpret laws as they are written. Judge Amy Coney Barrett delivered her first remarks in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee on Monday and vowed to interpret laws as they are written. And she said, uh, I will, uh, I've been nominated to fill Justice Ginsburg's seat, but no one will ever take her place. And uh, as I said, when I uh, was nominated to serve as justice, I am used uh, to being a prop in a group of nine you know, used to be in a group of nine, uh, my family. Nothing is more important to me, and I'm so proud to have them behind me. My father was a lawyer. My mother was a teacher, which explains why I grew up a law professor. More important, my parents modeled me for, and my six sibling, a life of service, principle, faith, and love. He sounds like a really mean person. Yeah, oh, yeah, she's terrible. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so she was... Uh, a copy of a four-page statement was released by media outlets on Sunday. Uh, before that, nominated uh, by the court president Trump and the late uh, because of Ginsburg's death. So, um, nice little uh, piece if you want to look that up too. She was a nice uh, four-page statement. Well, what was um, her opening statement was excellent. Ted Cruz was excellent. The one I like to get to tonight, if we have time, they're long though, is Josh Hawley. He ah, was good. superb. Yeah, yeah, he's um, but and most of the Republicans. We're good talking about her, her credentials, um, history of the court, and the Democrats were legislating the uh, ACA. <laughs> All right, a lot more to do. Stay with us. I've got a couple more crazy towns that are spectacular. Really? Live from Studio 6B on a Monday night. Social media, stay with us.
President Trump is recovering from the coronavirus, and so is America. Together, we rose to meet the challenge, protecting our seniors, getting them life-saving drugs in record time, sparing no expense. President Trump tackled the virus head-on, as leaders should. I can't imagine that anybody could be doing more. We'll get through this together. We'll live carefully, but not afraid. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. Live from Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour on a Monday night. Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's here with the news. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Emrani's going to have sports coming up. Geo Fran holding it down. Harry is, uh, well, nowhere. Um, so that was the ad right there that we just played coming in that Dr. Fauci's all up in arms about. And he went on Jake Tapper. And cut 9G to complain. Well, not to complain, but he went on Jake Tapper and Jake asked him about it. And here's um, here's Dr. Fauci. Roll that. I, I do have to ask you about this Trump campaign advertisement where you're on camera saying, quote, I can't imagine that anybody could be doing more. You quickly came out with a statement that noted that that sentence had been taken out of context. You were talking about the whole of government response, not President Trump. And of course, you've never endorsed a presidential uh, okay, candidate a in your five. The, the whole of government response, how is that much different than pre- President, President Trump moved? There was no PPE. There was no, um, um, not respirators, but there was no respirators either. Ventilators. I'm sorry. Ventilators. No ventilators. He brought together private public partnerships. He moved ships where we were told he couldn't move ships. He built hospitals where we were told he couldn't build hospitals. He did more for New York and California than they could have asked for. All the governors said what a job, a job he was doing. So what, is, what do you mean whole of government response? The, the whole of government is the president. Without him, who makes the decisions? So that's where I start with Jake Tapper trying to frame this as somehow Fauci was talking about... Uh, you know, you hear the president talk about the vaccines. What does he say? Well, yeah, that's because I pushed these people like no one's ever pushed them. So that's, again, that's him. So I'm not sure what, he, what, what he's saying. So, well, no, you weren't talking about the president. You were talking about the whole of government response. Well, the president is the whole of government response. In this, in this situation, everything went through him. Go ahead. Decades of public service. Should the Trump campaign take this ad down? You know, I think so, Jake. I think it's really unfortunate and really disappointing that they did that. It's so clear that I'm not a political person, and I have never either (laughs) directly or indirectly endorsed a political candidate. And to take a completely out-of-context statement and put it in, which is obviously a political campaign ad, I I thought was really very disappointing. What would you say if uh, I told you I heard that the Trump campaign was actually preparing to do another ad featuring you? You know, that would be terrible. I mean, that would be outrageous if they do that. Um, in fact, that might actually come back to backfire on them. I, I hope they don't do that because that would be kind of playing a game that we don't want to play. Uh, so I, I hope they reconsider that. If, in fact, they are indeed considering doing that, I hope that they reconsider and not do that. So, gee, while I'm talking, pull up the actual commercial that you just played as a bump in and try to find the part where Fauci uh, talks. And then I'll because I, I mean, f- first of all, the idea that he's not a political person is, as Paul just did, laugh out loud funny. This guy's a 40, 50 year bureaucrat, deep state 
in the government, done nothing but that. I understand what he does, but what is he talking about? Guys hugging Hillary Clinton and all these other things and all these pictures and everything else. He's not a political person. It's comical. I mean, that is comical. So. Go ahead. No, I just it's 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 just pathetic. I mean, this guy has been a shill for the pharmaceutical companies forever. I mean, he's plugging, you know, he's plugging his stock picks, you know, and saying it'll save your life. And, you know, he's watching shares of remdesivir pop up. And then, you know, two days later, he shorts it. It's a joke. It's a joke. Well, we don't have any proof of that, but uh, well, I understand what you you're saying. Guess. <laughs> so here, let's go, here's the part in the commercial that Fauci. So roll that what the commercial part. I can't imagine that anybody could be doing more. Okay, so stop it. So now let's um let's go to seven, cut seven G. So here's the actual clip that was used. Dr. Fauci appeared on Life, Liberty, and Levin, and here's the um here's the question, and here's the answer. Roll it. Dr. Fauci, let me ask you a question. You've been doing this a long time. Have you ever seen this big of a coordinated response by an administration to, to such a threat, a health threat? Well, we've never had a threat like this, and the coordinated response has been, uh, there are a number of adjectives to describe it. Impressive, I think, is one of them. I mean, we're talking about all hands on deck is that I, I, as one of many people on a team, I'm not the only person, since the beginning that we even recognized what this was, I have been devoting almost full time on this, almost full time. I'm down at the White House virtually every day with the task force. I'm connected by phone uh, throughout the day and into the night. When I say night, I'm talking 12, 1, 2 in the morning. I'm not the only one. There's a whole group of us that are doing that. It's every single day. So I can't imagine that, that under any circumstances that anybody could be doing more. I mean, obviously, wow. we're, we're fighting a formidable enemy, this virus. This virus is, 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 a, is a serious issue here. The Trump camp should use that whole clip. Yeah. So what, what do you think he's referring to when he says that line? He's clearly referring to the administration. What else could he be referring to? Just him and his buddies at the CDC? Well, who is he referring to? Of course he's referring to the administration as a whole. And that means the president. He makes all the damn decisions. Fauci went on in that interview to say, every time I went into the president, he would listen. He would ask a lot of questions because that's what he does. He would always want to know what everyone's opinion is. And never once did I come to him and say, this is good. What This is scientifically what we should do. And he turned me down. And on the flip side, never once did he say, let's do this. And I would tell him, no, that's not good scientifically to do that. And he would overrule me. So what is he talking about that he's mad about this ad? Well, because he's being, he he's obviously doesn't like – um, the position now he's in where people look at because he's got a favorability, uh, a high favorability rating. Right. And now the Trump campaign is smart enough to use that uh, in a campaign ad. And his buddies on the left are giving him crap. They're not going to invite him to Martha's Vineyard next year if he keeps this up. Yeah, there you go. Well, to frame it as if it was taken out of context, I just I mean, for me, I don't see it. Well, you, you don't see it because it was in perfect context. I mean, they should use that whole entire clip. There's nothing out of context there, not even close. It's out of context is, is Fauci himself. 
I yeah, mean, I it's the whole argument he's making that oh that that that's taken out of context. It's not it's not what what I was talking about. It's exactly what you were talking about. Like you said, Damon. I, I mean, who who's the guy running everything? Uh, that would be that would be President Trump. I mean, so, who, I mean, yeah. I mean, who is he talking about? I don't think anyone could be doing any more. Is he talking about himself? I don't think so. He's got to be talking about. He's. I mean, what what is he referring to that he's so upset about? What did they take out of so bad context there that's not understandable from the original clip? I don't see it. I don't see it. So, um, well, we don't have time for Josh Holly today, but a couple other things I want to get to because the other commercial we've been playing is about the um, Supreme Court. And now as we see Pelosi trying to basically weaponize the 25th Amendment and we see the Democrats today basically weaponizing the ACA to use as their uh, platform for today and really talk nothing about um the the candidate here for the supreme court and i've never seen i've just never seen people behave in this manner as they do and this is a different way than kavanaugh kavanaugh as senator kennedy rightly said was a was a freak show he said it's like the cantina bar scene out of star wars <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the only thing that was missing was, was music yeah i was about to say maybe they can cue up the music from that bar but I mean, just to listen to them today, it's just a continuation of this idea that Joe Biden is going to roll with this. I'm not going to tell you. Can you imagine? I said this last week. If Amy Coney Barrett on tomorrow, when she starts getting questions, she says, well, I thought about this. And, you know, I'm not going to tell you where I really stand on any. I'm not going to give you any ideas where I stand on these articles, on these um, cases until you vote me on the bench, then I'll tell you. Because I don't want you people in the media talking about me. That's why I'm not going to tell you. I right, because it'll be a headline. That's what Joe Biden's <laughs> saying. It'll be the headline. Oh, duh. Really? It'll be the headline. Actually, it won't, because anything you say controversial, they bury. So you can say anything you want. Well, again, it certainly won't be a headline if you said, um, let's go G12. This it won't be a headline if you said this. Roll it. President Roosevelt clearly had the right to send to the United States Senate and the United States Congress a proposal to pack the court. It was totally within his right to do that. He violated no law. He was legalistically absolutely correct. But it was a bonehead idea. It was a terrible, terrible mistake to make. And it put in question for an entire decade the independence of the most significant body, including the Congress, in my view, the most significant body in this country, the Supreme Court of the United guy. States of America. The president had the, <laughs> the right Senate. to do that. He uh, was totally within his power, and his, uh, his objective was seen clearly. So if he said anything resembling that, it's not going to be a headline. Now that guy's a patriot. Who was that? Yeah, it'll be Joe Biden sticks to previous comments on Supreme Court, doesn't, thinks it's a boneheaded idea. How would that be a headline? No, the headline is, yes, we want to destroy the Supreme Court. We want to destroy the Senate. We want to get rid of the filibuster. We want to pack the courts. We want to destroy the way we elect people. We want to destroy the way we pass legislation. That's headlines. And that's where they are. And that's what he doesn't want to talk about as that ad we just played says. That's why he doesn't want to talk about it. But the idea that they can do this for 24 days, 
I don't think they can and get no. away with it. No. I even I just don't think they can. Right, because he's trying to he's trying to satisfy two different groups. He's trying to, he's trying to make sure that the middle he can attract the middle because if he says he's going to pack the court, the middle's going to say, "See you later. You're you're a crazy radical." Meanwhile, the crazy radicals on this side are like, "Hey, you better pack the court." Because we're crazy radicals, and that's what what you told us you'd do. And he's got to make sure he has their support. Because if he loses one or the other, he's done. But he he can't have it both ways. He's got to answer the question. You know, I asked four or five people, what do you think about them uh, packing the court? They're like, I have no idea what it means. You know, 10, 15 years ago, people would be screaming and raving. And think about this. They pack the court, and then the next administration comes in, and they pack it more. And then what do you have? Well, it seems to me that the Democrats are trying to tell you that they don't know what it means either. Um, Do I have time for 14, G? Okay, it's two and a half minutes. Um, Well, so I'll play this when we get back after we do sports. They they don't. They're trying to tell you that they don't know what packing. They're saying the Republicans have been packing the court. Oh, my God. For the last four, three and a half years. Filling, filling an empty seat is packing the court? That's correct. Yeah. No, no, it's that? not. Oh, absolutely. No, it is yes, absolutely it is. not. Oh, I it push is back, now. Dee. No, you're wrong, Dee. Little Dick says it is. <laughs> yep. You yeah. don't compete with Little Dick Durbin. When he no, tells no. you that that's what it is, that's what it is. Yeah, he said it on TV, so you know it's true. <laughs> so we know it's true. All right, a lot more to do. Sports coming up. A lot more news, a lot more crazy towns. I can't imagine that anybody could be doing more. The American people, when they turn on the news, they want just the news. Spare me the talking points. I think people are sick of the freak parade on cable TV, night in and night out. People are consuming news these days everywhere, on every device. And we're going to be there. We're going to be fair. We're going to be fearless. We feel like we have a responsibility to you, the American people. News and opinions that are honest and real. Real America's Voice. Live from Studio 6B on a Monday night, 13 till the hour, hour one of the show. The president was talking right at the top when we came on the air. He was in Sanford, Florida, first rally back. He looked good, sounded good. I didn't hear much of it, but I'm sure he was he was ripping. Did I did hear a little bit of the beginning. Sounds like he's made some changes to the stump speech, which is probably a good idea now that he's coming off having COVID. And uh, I saw the, I oh, think did, I sent. Did, it, did he start with? Hey, it's me, your your favorite president. I don't know if you recognize. <laughs> perhaps you recognize me, your favorite president. I <laughs> mean, I love that. But I do believe finally he tested negative, which they finally announced, which is good because I kept hearing administration people out there, and they'd get questioned, "Has he tested negative?" And they'd they'd go on like a Joe Biden, T.J. Ducklow kind of rant, and I was saying, thinking to myself, you know, not good. You got to answer the questions. He's got to test negative. 
So that was good to see that come out today. So, all right, let's t- time for sports. Let's do sports. Rick Emirati, what's going on, pal? Okay, Big D, Game 1, National League Championship Series, live right now, top of the second. The Braves leave the Do- lead the Dodgers one to nothing. And uh, earlier today, the Rays beat the Astros 4-2 to two to go up two games to none for a commanding lead. Tampa's having a heck of a year with uh, the uh, sports between the uh, Rays and the um, Lightning. Um, and uh, some sad news. Uh, we lost a legend in the baseball world today, another legend, a Hall of Fame second baseman, Joe Morgan, a member of the Cincinnati Reds' big red machine, died at the age of 77 yesterday. Um, the Reds tweeted out earlier today, the Reds are heartbroken to learn of the passing of baseball legend Joe Morgan. He was a two-time National League MVP, 10-time All-Star, five-time Gold Glove winner. The Reds legend was regarded as one of the best second basemen in the league history and also had 25 years of uh, broadcasting on baseball. A huge, huge loss for the Cincinnati Reds. That's why I'm wearing red. I grew up loving Joe Morgan. I want to do a shout-out to a couple of my Twitter followers, uh, Sarah Stacy, number nine, and uh, Eva McNay, both huge, huge Red fans. These ladies uh, grew up with the big red machine and shared their stories today. Um, definitely a big Big loss. Johnny Bench tweeted out as well as Pete Rose. And uh, uh, Joe is a huge baseball legend and uh, will be missed by many. 77 years old. Um, Pro Bull Riders PBR Express Ranches Classic took place yesterday. Unleash the Beast. Um, so we got a great, great uh, rodeo with Silvano Alves, who's ranked number 25 in the world. He led all riders with 99 points in the championship round. Uh, he rode on the Bull Viper. Uh, second place was Oof. Cooper Davis, number seven. Um, and uh, he rode on Mr. Majestic. Mr. Majestic got a 45.25 score, um, but he came in with, uh, with a uh, three-day total. Total of six nine five zero aggregate, so uh, he didn't quite pull it off. But uh, great bull riding and um, moving along to college football. Great weekend. I watched this game. Um, Oklahoma beat Texas 53-45 to in a thrilling four-overtime winner. Sam Ellinger tried to will his team with 112 yards rushing and another uh, 287 yards passing, but could not do it as Oklahoma took that game. Um, and then Clemson absolutely destroyed Miami 42-17. to uh, Trevor just completely trounced them with a big game. Uh, Alabama 63-48 to over Ole Miss. And... Uh, the uh, Missouri was uh, uh, lost to, well, actually beat LSU 45-41. to That was a really, really close game. So, and Miami, uh, you know, just not, not getting it done to U. They're, they're number four ranked. Uh, number one couldn't, couldn't pull it off. And PGA Tour leaderboard brought to you by CBS, Shriners Hospital for the Children's Open, TPC Summerlin, Las Vegas Classic. Martin Laird wins the three-way playoff at TPC. Uh, Martin Laird outlasted Matthew Wolf and Austin Cook in the second hole of a playoff for the fourth PGA Tour win of his career, his first since 2013. And that's a wrap in sports for the first segment. I'll have some more rodeo results in the next one. All right, thanks, Rick. Let's do a little more news here with uh, Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? Well, it's kind of follow-up to the other story I had mentioned that uh, the World Health Organization special envoy on uh, COVID-19 has urged world leaders to stop using lockdowns as the primary control. Uh, we in the World Health Organization do not advocate lockdowns as the primary means of control of this virus, David Nabarro uh, told uh, Spec- the Spectorin uh, on an interview on October 8th. The only time we believe a lockdown is justified is to buy you time to reorganize, regroup, rebalance your resources, protect your health workers who are exhausted. But by and large, we'd rather not do it. He uh, Nabarro pointed to the collateral damage that lockdowns are having worldwide, especially among poorer populations. 
And um, good to know now. Good. Yeah. Glad well, they weighed in. Yeah, Very good. Yeah, I know. This is it's torture it's where they flip flop back and forth here. I mean, this is like you know. It's, I remember back to the clip we used on the show when me and Paul went got into it about Fauci, and I said, "I want his job. I want that job. I want. The, I want to work at the WHO. Does uh, just." We'll weigh in whenever we want to, and we'll be right at the time we come in. Well, where were you six months ago when there was people screaming about this? That this was this was a dis- a disaster waiting to happen. What we were what we were doing, locking everybody under the kitchen table. Now they're going to weigh in and tell us. I mean, that's that's pretty good Monday morning quarterbacking. Yeah. It's it's almost like running to the top of a building if you're trying to get out of it because of it's on fire or something. No, you want to run to the bottom. You want to get more space. You don't want to trap yourself. And essentially what you're doing by locking down is trapping yourself. You're not really going to solve anything. It's going to get you eventually when you open the door. And the other news that came out, I saw a chart come out that said, 70% of the people who have had COVID-19, out of those 70%, 100% of them said that they wore their mask 100% of the time or something like that. There was just a, there was just a big thing came out how wait, wait, 70% wait, 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 wait. of the people who got COVID, they all said they wore their mask 100% of the time. So. Well, well, there's been a lot of studies proven that those masks do nothing. There's a lot of studies that get suppressed as well. You know, so it, it's, yeah. it's, it's a heartbreak that we've just been lied to. We can't trust a thing on the mainstream news. It's just, it's, it's treacherous. The doctor says, well, it's like putting up a chain link fence and thinking you're going <laughs> to stop the mosquitoes. <laughs> well, okay, but again, like, what, I mean, I, I know there was some people back on the mask thing. I mean, even Fauci himself, we know, we played for you when he was on 60 Minutes saying, well, no, 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 we don't need to be doing that. But I mean, it's just, men. I tell you, what do they say? Hindsight's 2020, huh? Literally this time, 2020. It's unbelievable. Well, and then you look at, you know, all the unintended consequences. Like Paul was pointing out, the, the upsurge in suicides and people going undiagnosed with cancers and other illnesses because everything is locked down. So really, what's the death toll? Really? Um, when, you figure it, when you figure the lockdown versus the actual virus, it's a huge, huge difference. It, it, it definitely falls in the, uh, on the side of the lockdown. Uh, gee, you know what? I have this chart in there. I don't know what's it's labeled wrong as a cut 10. It's a white chart. Yeah. So here's this chart. Morbidity and mortality weekly report. Reported use of cloth face covering or mask 14 days before illness. Always 70% of the people, 108, 70% said they always wore their mask 14 days before the uh, onset of the symptoms. Like, where was the great mask debate? There wasn't one. There wasn't I mean, one. Why, why not have a team of doctors on both sides of this issue debating mask debate? Why not? Why not? Why not? Where, where is the open dialogue? When did science become three guys' opinion? Um, before we end the hour, the president was in Florida. He had about 30,000 people there. Go to cut 10, G. Joe Biden was in Ohio tonight, and here he is taking the stage. <laughs> That's his cousin. There's his nephew. Oh, his other cousin's just left. Sister in law. <laughs> <laughs>
Not been a good day for old Joe. from Studio 6B, Hour 2 on Real America's Voice. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's going to do some more news. Rick Emirati's going to do have some more sports. Rick Delgado's here. Geofriend holding it down. Uh, lots to do, but there was um, Joe Biden had not a good day today, as I showed you. And um, Jerry Nadler was in Kansas. Um, 132, G. Uh, Jerry Nadler was in Kansas this weekend. Why? And there was some news that came out of that. Roll that. Homers for customers at a Kansas Home Depot. Police responded to reports of a bomb threat at the store in Wichita. A customer alerted employees. A man inside the bathroom said there was a bomb in the building. Police were able to locate the man responsible for those comments, and that man told police he warned other guests to leave the restroom because he was, quote, uh, fixing to blow it up, but had no intention of causing a panic. Oh, boy. <laughs> Rick, did you know? Delgado, did you know that he was there in Kansas? No? <laughs> I had no idea. Holy I was cow. wondering why he was uh, in yeah. a different state. Yeah. Well, I said everybody got to get out of the bathroom. He's going to blow it up. <laughs> so, I'm, glad oh, the, I'm glad the that police was at a Home Depot? charges, though. Yeah. Yeah, so. At a Home Depot. There you go. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we talked about Josh Hawley today <laughs> and how good he was. G, cut one. Let's roll it. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Judge Barrett, welcome. It's good to see you again. Jesse Barrett, welcome. And to you and to your family as well. I see that uh, some of your children are uh, getting a break. They've earned it, I think. I'm amazed as I've been watching. Uh, I've got two little boys at home, my wife and I do. I can't believe how uh, calmly uh, your children have been sitting for a couple of hours. So maybe you can give me some tips. Uh, Jesse and Judge, uh, when we're finished here. You know, we've gotten to read a lot about uh, your family in the last few weeks. We've gotten to read a lot about you in, in the press, and in particular about your religious beliefs. One attack after another in the liberal media, one hit piece after another, many of them echoed by members of this committee, like this one, for instance, Barrett Long Active with Insular Christian Group. We've read, we've read stories about your Catholic lifestyle, Stories about how you raise your children. Stories about how you adopted your children. Stories about your Catholic doctrinal beliefs. Over and over and over questioning whether you have, I guess, the independence to be a judge, a justice on the United States Supreme Court. And it's not just in the newspapers. It's members of this committee, including the Democratic nominee for vice president of the United States, who has questioned past nominees who have come before this committee about their membership in Catholic fraternal organizations like the Knights of Columbus. And for those watching at home, that's right, you heard me correctly, Senator Harris and others on this committee have repeatedly questioned judicial nominees' fitness for office because of their membership in the Knights of Columbus. The ranking member 
When you were last before this committee, Judge, for your initial confirmation hearings, the ranking member referred to your Catholic convictions as dogma, that's a quote, that lives loudly within you, picking up the very terminology of anti-Catholic bigotry current in this country a century ago. She wasn't alone. Other senators on this committee last time asked you if you were an Orthodox Catholic. One senator said she worried that you would be a Catholic judge if you were confirmed because of your religious beliefs, I guess as opposed to an American judge, as if you can't be both a devout Catholic and a loyal American citizen. And it's not just you, Judge. Other nominees who have come before this committee for years now have been asked by my Democrat colleagues over and over their views on sin, their views on the afterlife, their views and about their membership statements of Catholic organizations, uh, about their membership in other Christian organizations, and on and on and on. And let's be clear about what this is. This is an attempt to broach a new frontier, to set up a new standard. Actually, it's an attempt to bring back an old standard that the Constitution of the United States explicitly forbids. I'm talking about a religious test for office. Article 6 of the Constitution of the United States, before we even get to the Bill of Rights, Article 6 of the Constitution of the United States says clearly, and I quote, no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification to any office or public trust under the United States. Now that was big news in 1787 when it was written, and it's worth remembering why. It's because no country, no republic in the history of the world had ever guaranteed to its citizens the right to freedom of conscience and religious liberty. Every other country that had ever existed tied together the religious beliefs that would be approved by the powerful and the right to serve in office or to vote or just to be a citizen. In every other country across history, you had to agree with what those in power agreed with in order to hold office or be a citizen in good standing. You had to sign a particular religious confession, or you had to disavow a particular religious group, swear not to follow the Pope, for instance. You had to pledge allegiance to the God of the city or the God of the empire. This was true from 18th century Britain all the way back to ancient Rome. And so when our founders put Article 6 into the Constitution of the United States, they were making a very deliberate choice. They were breaking with all of that past history, and they were saying in America, it would be different. In the United States of America, we would not allow the ruling class to have veto power over your faith, over what Americans believed, over who we gathered with to worship, and why, and where, and how. No, in this country, the people of the United States would be free to follow their own religious convictions, free to worship, free to exercise their religion, and people of faith would be welcome in the public sphere. They'd be welcome there. They'd be welcome without having to get the approval of those in power, like those on this committee. They would be welcome to come and to bring their religious beliefs to bear on their lives, on their office, and all that they do. So long, of course, as they were peaceful citizens who followed the law, religious people of all backgrounds would be welcome in public life. And no person in power would be able to control what the American people, any American citizen, thought or believed or who they worshipped. This freedom of conscience and religious liberty undergirds all of our other rights. 
because it tells the government that it cannot tell us what to think or who we can assemble with or how we can worship or what we can say. And that's why Article 6 is there even before we get to the Bill of Rights and the First Amendment. But this bedrock principle of American liberty is now under attack. That is what it's, is at stake when we read these stories attacking Judge Barrett for her faith. That is what is at stake when my Democratic colleagues repeatedly question Judge Barrett and many other judicial nominees about their religious beliefs, about their religious membership, about their religious practices, about their family beliefs and practices. That is an attempt to bring back the days of the religious test. That is an attempt to bring back the veto power of the powerful over the religious beliefs and sincerely held convictions of the American people. And that is what is at stake in this confirmation hearing. Judge Barrett is a Catholic. We all know that. She's a devout Catholic. We all know that. She and her husband have chosen to raise their family according to their Catholic beliefs in faithful fellowship with other Catholics. We all know that. Heck, 65 million Americans are Catholics, and many, many, million, many, many millions more are Christians of other persuasions. Are they to be told that they cannot serve in public office, that they are not welcome in the public sphere unless the members of this committee sign off on their religious beliefs? I, for one, do not want to live in such an America, and the Constitution of the United States flatly prohibits it. Now, the Constitution says... The people of faith, like Judge Barrett, are welcome in high office, welcome in any office, welcome throughout our public life here in this country. And I would just say to my Democrat colleagues that these years now, this pattern and practice, as we say in the law, this pattern and practice of religious bigotry, because that's what it is. When you tell somebody that they're too Catholic to be on the bench, when you tell them they're going to be a Catholic judge, not an American judge, that's bigotry. The pattern and practice of bigotry from members of this committee must stop. And I would expect that it be renounced. Now, I just heard my colleague, Senator Coons, make a reference to an old case, the Griswold case, which I can only assume is another hit at Judge Barrett's religious faith, referring to Catholic doctrinal beliefs. I don't know what else it could be, since no one has challenged this case. It is not a live issue and hasn't been for decades. This is the kind of thing I'm talking about, and this is the sort of attacks that must stop. I look forward, Judge Barrett, to getting to the chance to speak with you further about your legal credentials, about your legal views, about your approach to the law and your judicial philosophy. But I hope that one thing that this confirmation process will stand for in the end, I hope when we look back at the confirmation hearings for Judge Amy Barrett, soon I hope to be Justice Amy Barrett, one thing we will say is that was the time, that was the year that the attempt to bring back religious tests for office was finally stopped. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Well, I mean, that's just fantastic. He's a rock star. Yeah. Awesome. He is fantastic. Every time I hear him take to the floor. What, com- what calm command... He's terrific, man. That, that kid's going places. It's not even fair. It's like Democrat. Look, look at who the Democrats wheeled out: Maisie Hirono and, and Cory Booker. And then you got this guy who just, who just, you know, he just takes a club to them right over their head with a smile on his face because he's so dead on correct. 
Well, it'll be interesting to see the line they have to walk here when they start asking questions because what Kamala Harris did today, you know, she um, she tried to pull the, well, it's not safe for me to be in the room, so I'm going to do it from my office. Clearly, she did that because she wanted to read from a teleprompter and she wanted to give a campaign speech, which is what she did. And by the way, she was horrendous at it. <laughs> That's what you said. I didn't see it. I didn't oh, see it either. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> First of all, she was so clearly reading from a teleprompter that it wasn't even remotely in question. Did she fix her nasal voice since the last debate? Did no, she and that? she didn't. And she didn't fix um, any of the facial expressions either. Through a lot I'm of it. I'm speaking. It was uh, that was I the can. only thing missing. I'm speaking. She I had can. feedback when she started, and Lindsey Graham jumped in to say, uh, "Senator Harris, Senator Harris," tried to get her attention, and I was waiting for her to say, "Excuse me, I'm speaking." <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm speaking my turn but she didn't do that but her um the speech she delivered tried to make it a campaign speech had nothing to do with amy conan barrett had barely anything to do with the supreme court it was about the aca it was about coronavirus trying to smear the president it was a campaign speech for at least two-thirds of it and it was horrendous absolutely horrendous how much uh, intersectionality, race baiting, uh, systemic racism was in her speech? Was it was it steeped in all that nonsense? No, no, it wasn't any of that. It was more about um, Republicans trying to kill people because they're going after your your pre existing conditions and your health care and your. Wait. And again, I started the show by saying it just shows you how the Republicans have botched this whole ACA with with soaring premiums, not being able to. Uh, choose your doctor that you want to go and and they can't make it a win in the argument that's how bad that's how bad they've been on it it's been really really just unbelievable normal people talking about the issues the way the american people talk about them around their dinner table i think that's why people like the show we don't take ourselves too seriously we give them news opinion sports comedy entertainment music but most of all we try to give them love of country faith and family every night we think political news is a big tent come on in live from studio 6b 8 to 10 weeknights you might like it all right, live from Studio 6B, 17 past the hour, Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240, of course, all our social media, Facebook at LFS6B, Twitter with the same, uh, YouTube live from Studio 6B show, Instagram, LFS6B show, glad you're in, make sure you like, follow the page, if you want a t-shirt, go to 6bshirts.com, the Joe Biden still the bestseller, you know, the thing. <laughs> Is um, it really? That's awesome. But uh, the live from Studio 6B logo and the Crazy Town masks are good, too. So people like the Crazy Town masks, uh, which I actually wore um, this weekend. So, And how did it go over? Were people yeah. asking, where did you get that? Can, can I get one? What does it mean? No, 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 nothing like that. But it looks good. 
Oh, and I okay. kind of matched it with what I was wearing, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did you have the Crazy Town shirt and the Crazy Town shorts? And oh, the no, socks. No, no shorts, but. No, no shorts. got to coordinate. So let's let's go through the court packing <laughs> thing here. Um, Mushrooms. Because Joe Mushrooms. Biden's going to try to run this for another 24 days, and I don't think he's going to get away with it. So I just played you before his answer back when he thought that uh, it was a boneheaded move. Cut 11G. Here's when the New York Times, back in the primaries, interviewed all of the people running, and they asked them about this. And here's what they all said. Roll it. I don't know that expanding the size of the Supreme Court is the best way to address legitimate concerns we have with its objectivity. I believe that uh, expanding the size of the Supreme Court is the answer. I, I am not. I do not think expanding the Supreme Court makes sense. No. 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 Where does that stop? <laughs> it's a race to the bottom. I'm not convinced that expanding the size of the Supreme Court is going to fix anything. Roosevelt tried that in the 1930s. Didn't work so well. Are you open to expanding the size of the Supreme Court? I am open to that discussion. Bingo. So the only one that's open for that discussion is um, the one who's going to most likely end up being president if Biden wins. Because uh, Nancy's got the 25th Amendment deal that she's going to try to roll out. Of course, she'll never have that body now because Trump's obviously not going to approve it. But she'll have to get Biden to approve. Uh, If they were to, God forbid, take all three then she'd have to get Biden to approve it to give her that other body that the, that the Constitution calls for. Or I guess at that point she could get two-thirds of both houses, so maybe she wouldn't need it. But that's, that, everybody thinks it's set up for him. So she, he'll be out and off to the dog track, and here she comes to be the president. So a bunch of his people were out this weekend talking about this, the court packing issue. So let's deal with the actual definition first. Cut 14. So little Dick Durbin went on Meet the Press. And just, I want you to just listen to this response that they're trying to get by with now, as far as the Democrats go. Roll that. Senator Durbin, did the fact that Vice President Biden used the phrase court packing, was that a tell of where the vice president stands on this, that that he doesn't want to see this happen? Well, I can can tell you that uh, we're getting this question. It's a common question being asked because... American people have watched the Republicans pack in the court over the last three and a half years, and they brag about it. All right, stop. They're taking every vacant. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> what, what, is, what does that mean? That because the former President Obama left 280 district court judges opened or not filled, and the fact that the president has filled them, president puts up a nomination, the Senate advises and consents, and they get approved. That's packing the court, according to Dick Durbin now, according to the Democrats now, that's packing the court. Appointing judges to open seats, which is what the president is supposed to do. This president has reshaped the courts in that way. But now that's going to be used to say he's been packing the courts. I mean, this is so stupid. It's almost like you don't even... you wonder how they even go with this argument because it's so stupid. You figure, well, who possibly could buy this? <laughs> You'd be surprised. Yeah. Well, same, I don't know. Would I be surprised? The same people who think Joe Biden's going to be a great president. Those are the same people that think, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, all you got to do, they're sheep, they're lemmings, like Paul likes to call them. They're lemmings. They'll follow whatever you say. Here, here here's some fresh meat. There you go. Uh, Republicans have been packing the court. That, that's, that's the talking point. And now you'll go on social media. All of a sudden, you've got all these constitutional scholars that be like the Republicans. Been, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they've been packing the court since, since uh, 1860. Uh, it's the same stupid crap. But they're, they're, but they're all dopes. And, and, and believe it or not, little Dick there has got a lot of followers who are like, yes, of course, whatever you say, Dick. Yeah, meanwhile, they're like following along saying, hey, is this, is this, uh, does this go against Trump? If I repeat what he says, does it sound like I'm going against Trump? It does? I believe every word he said. Right. They, they believe they're enlightened now. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I have, so I, right. Right. I have more ammunition to protect my silly ideology. All right, G, go ahead. Roll, that, roll the rest of that. Seem filled it. Did you know that they've sent us, and we have approved only with their votes, I might add, uh, 10 people who have been, been judged unanimously unqualified by the American Bar Association? Do you know how many judicial nominees came from Obama who were judged unanimously unqualified? None. So we are dealing now, with Now, just remember something. Obama left the seats. The, Obama could have filled these seats until, of course, he lost the Senate. He could have filled them. Why didn't he? That's what Trump says all the time. I don't know why he didn't. He left me all these openings. Yeah. He's filled them. Can anybody enlighten us as to why? he Was it just a matter of he didn't get around to it? He was too busy counting his money? Too busy flying pallets of cash into Iran, maybe? I don't know. Would Go you ahead, like uh, to try my hat on? <laughs> Go ahead, G. Packed into the court with little or no qualification uh, who are going to be there for a long time. So it's understandable. The Republicans raised the issue of court packing. Senator, the, the lack of answering this question sounds like as if the Democrats are trying to game the results here and just trying to see what happens and that it, in some ways it may be that it comes across as a negotiating tool with trying to maybe convince a handful of Senate Republicans to delay these confirmation hearings. Is that what this is? Is this a negotiating ploy? It is not a negotiating point. We are dealing with the reality a lifetime appointment to the highest court in the land. McConnell has, has changed the rules for the Republican senators. No, that's enough of this, through. Uh, that's just enough. just enough. Can't hear this guy anymore. So it's everyone's just... saying he left them open for Hillary. Oh, well, yeah, sure. Uh, they, she was goodness. supposed to win. Yeah. That's a good point. Yep. That's possible. Yeah. So um, he also sent out T.J. Ducklow. He was out there, cut a – he went on MSNBC – and he was asked about it. Now, I mean, when you start losing the MSNBC hosts and the CNN hosts, like Jake Tapper that I'll play for you here in a second, you know you've got problems with the issue. Roll this. The composition of the Supreme Court is a matter of our constitutional structure as a nation, and it is a materially important question. What is the Biden campaign stance on the composition of the Supreme Court? Is Joe Biden satisfied with it? Sure. Well, look, I think it's important to take a step back and, and to talk about the fact that a number of things have to happen before this is a conversation that is really relevant. Um, it's a hypothetical. And what is not hypothetical is millions of people are already voting in this election. Um, the majority of the, of the American people, in fact, believe that the person that's elected on November 3rd, that is who should uh, appoint the next Supreme Court justice. Well, you know, considering Senator that you're Harris, working for the person who wants to be elected on November 3rd, this is not hypothetical for the guy guy who wants to be president. What is the campaign's perspective on the composition of the court? This should be an easy question. 
Well, look. <laughs> it's a soft point. What I, what I mean by that is it assumes that this fight we are in right now, it assumes again. that we lose that fight. And we are focused on uh, underscoring just how important uh, what we're going to see this week. <laughs> he didn't just say anything. Just deflects again. He didn't say anything. Just deflects wow. again. So you have the MSNB host saying, this, this is really a simple question. It's a yes or no. <laughs> Does he support it? Does he not support it? The more you continue to not answer, the more the American people are going to start thinking he supports packing the court. And that's not going to sit well. That tweet looks like he sends everything back at a restaurant. <laughs> Live from Studio 6B, 26 past the hour. More to do. Social media, stay with us. Should the Supreme Court be expanded? Uh, you know, let's, I think that, first of all, Joe's been very clear. Well, sir, don't the voters deserve to know? No, where they don't. Deserve, I'm not going to play his game. I am not, and I, 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 I know you're going to be upset with my answer. Oh, no, they don't. Deserve, I'm not going to play his game. Voters have to wait until November 4th to find out how the vice president and yourself feel about that. What you think about doing that? Well, Joe Biden has been very clear. No, they don't. I'm not going to play his game. They'll know my opinion of court packing when the election is over. And if you haven't figured it out yet, the straight answer is they are going to pack the Supreme Court. Live from Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour. Paul's going to have a little more news. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Amarani will have more sports. So let's do a couple other things here. The Biden campaign was out in Arizona. Biden and Kamala Harris are together. So you don't get the, you don't, there's not many times that you can get the two of them together. Now, Joe's been lacking enthusiasm, obviously on his own. But uh, when you get the two of them together, it's, it's much, much different. They were out in Arizona together this past week, and here's how that went. We're right outside of the Heard Museum where uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and their motorcade arrived at about 1 o'clock this afternoon. They are meeting with several tribal leaders here at the Heard Museum. And uh, not a lot of fanfare out here. There's really not much <laughs> to see. Um, I'll step out of the way, but it's kind of boring out here. So it's not your typical <laughs> camp presidential campaign event. We don't see people rallying outside. We don't see uh, signs or so really see, much of what's here. going on. And <laughs> I just I think... wanted to make sure the cameraman got a good shot of... <laughs> Nobody here to see these two. <laughs> this reporter is great for a number of reasons, but my favorite part of this, one more time, G, my favorite part, you got to pay attention here, is when she steps out of the shot, the look on her face, and she says, it's kind of boring here. <laughs> Roll that. <laughs> Right outside of the Heard Museum, where uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and their motorcade arrived at about one o'clock this afternoon, they are meeting with several tribal leaders here at the Heard Museum. 
and uh, not a lot of fanfare out here. There's really <laughs> not much to by. see. I'm off step out of the way, but it's kind of boring out here. So it's not your typical campaign, presidential campaign event. We don't see like people I rallying outside. We like, don't see um, signs like, or really much of what's going like on. The zombie apocalypse. She's in the middle of this. Not a, not a human being anywhere. <laughs> boring. Oh here. man. No, he's up fifty-nine. Don't you know, Damon? He's winning with Texas. He's going to win Georgia. Oh my goodness. Yeah, she got the uh, short straw on that detail, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Take I mean, a camera just... crew and cover it. And look, look around too. Um, that was the only news crew you saw. You know, you, you, like you mentioned, Damon, you've got the potential president and vice president candidates for the Democratic Party um, showing up in your city. And not even more than one, one news crew showed up? I mean, she says, here's the shot of, let me get out of the way. It's kind of boring, she says. They, there's nobody there. Right. There's, there's no media tent showed up, uh, set up. There's no police. There's no barricade just in case, you know, the, uh, the golf cart brigade showed up. <laughs> uh, nothing. 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 Well, that's what the president said tonight. Nada. He said, these are, our, yeah, these are our polls. We put the word out 24 hours ago, and there's 30,000 people here. And inside the museum, I heard he was talking to one of the displays, trying to get his vote. <laughs> one of his old high school buddies. <laughs> and then he uh, threatened to punch the display because right. it was ignoring him, and he said you're being disrespectful. Right. He wanted yeah. to do push-ups. <laughs> so we saw by T.J. Ducklow, who's the national spokesman for Biden's campaign, go out. Well, you saw him with Brett Baer, just embarrassed himself. So now he goes on MSNBC, and he can't answer their questions. So here's his counterpart. She went on Jake Tapper to explain the um, what's going on with the court packing. Cut six, G. Let's uh, see how she did. But he said it's not constitutional what they're doing. How is it not constitutional what they're doing? His point is that the people have an opportunity to weigh in on this constitutional process through their vote. And we are now in the midst of the election. Millions of people have already cast their votes. And you see that the vast majority of people say that they want the person who wins the election on November 3rd to nominate the justice. That's a poll. That's seat. not the Constitution. So by, by trying to by trying to that's that is their con their, there's the constitutional process of advising consent the american people get to have their say by voting for president by voting for <laughs> senators we are now 23 days from the election right, but it's not Again, unconstitutional millions of millions of votes millions of votes they're being voters are being denied their constitutional right to have a say in this process they when elected the republicans the are trying to ram through <laughs> are trying to ram wow. through a, a nominee who, by the way, is going to change the makeup of the court. And we see time and time again, poll after poll shows that most Americans vehemently disagree with this. They again, believe again, Kate, that's that a the poll. vote should happen on November 3rd. That's not what the word constitutional means. Cons that constitutional the, doesn't mean I like it, it or I don't like it. It means it's according to the U.S. Constitution. There's nothing unconstitutional about what the U.S. Senate is doing. Do you any, am I the only person <laughs> who sees that woman as a traitor? Bravo to Jake Tapper yeah. for once. Finally asking questions. I mean, she should not be allowed on TV with that look, with the way she tries to get around the, these questions. I mean, I know she's in an impossible position because there's nothing to defend. You can't defend their position 
against what the Constitution says. The president, there's nothing out of the norm. He advises, there's an opening, he he puts somebody up, the Senate advises a consent. There is nothing in there about, well, if the people, if the vote has already started. You know, there wasn't always early voting. We used to vote on election day, and we used to have the results on election night. So now that the Democrats have gone to all these states and changed how you vote, they got two weeks before, two months before, they want two weeks after. That doesn't mean that everything else. So she has no basis of defending this position or trying to get by with saying, oh, yeah, but the, pre- but the uh, people have already started voting. So what? That they've already started voting. There's nothing in there that says if they started voting, this can't happen. This process can't happen. Right. Not not only that, what you're trying to say is that, okay, since people started voting, that means no matter what office you hold, if you're running for it, you have no responsibilities now. You're not supposed to do your job. There's nothing you're supposed to be doing during that time. So we're we're just open to any types of uh, attacks from foreign foreign nations or anything like that because you're 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 not president now because voting has <laughs> started. So if anybody wants to lob missiles at us, you're not the commander in chief anymore. That just hangs in limbo. Yeah, hey, until try- <laughs> right. the people decide. Okay. We've taken our poll. We think you can shoot back now. No. Yeah, yeah. please tell China we're going to retaliate sometime in uh, mid-January. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. I mean, it's crazy. It's, these positions they're taking. <sighs> but, I mean, to be serious, these, this is, they, they, their evilness and their darkness, per, just per, it just is it everywhere now. Everything. It Absolutely. just permeates everything. Everything. Yeah. It's permeated schools, universities, now sports, uh, television, the media. Everything. It's just everywhere. Cancel everything. Constitution is useless. The republic is over. It's all about the mob, the mob's rule, and, and, and whatever they want to perceive, you know, whatever law they want, when it applies to them. What's insane, too, is look at, the, look at those two spokespeople that Biden has sending out to do this stuff. I would venture to say they're all in the same age group and they're yeah. probably, uh, you know, uh, around 30 ish. Right. And uh, they just got out of uh, just got out of their indoctrination in college. Yeah. And, and, and this is what they believe. They, and they're they, they all don't for. live in the real world. They never have. And now they're being exposed to it. And and oh, what, how do I answer this question? You can't answer the question because you're a fraud. Well, more, more importantly than how they answer the question, they are all for a corrupt ideological Supreme Court. They probably think that w- w- what we have now is, is useless. Right. Like they do most of our institutions. The Electoral College, that's got to go. The Supreme Court, let's, let's, we got we to change that because we, gotta, we can't get it through governance. Let's get it through the courts now. These right. morons have no idea what they're begging for. They're begging, <laughs> exactly. they're begging for a totalitarian <laughs> government. They're begging for the lack of check and balance. It's just, com- it's just so stupid. That's what they want. They want a one-party country. Make just like they have a one-party states. You have these one. You, California yeah. will never yeah. not be blue. Now, Illinois will never not be blue. New York will never not be blue. These places that this top-down, iron-fisted one-party state. That's what they want for the country. And they want to sit. They want it for the globe. They want the UN to drop the hammer down with their uh, Green New Deal and carbon taxes to death next and have one big UN-based constitution that envelops every nation's constitution and makes our constitution rendered irrelevant. Correct, because they'll have the backing of the court now. So the constitution will be basically ripped to shreds because they'll be able to push anything they want through. 
They will completely blur the line between citizen and non-citizen. We will have a one-country party, one-party country, and that's it. That's what they, that's what they want. They'll rule from the Supreme Court. That's what they want. That when Chuck Schumer says everything's on the table, that's it. It'll be a popular vote, and everything will be like California. Give us California nationwide. They'll be happy. And for the rest of you, there'll be nowhere to go. No escape anywhere. That's what they want. And that's why they will not answer this question. The Constitution as we know it is what's on, this, we know we, on the ballot. We've talked a lot about this election. It's bigger than the, than the two candidates. It really is. It truly is. You know, I'll be the first to admit if Trump doesn't get robbed, because it should be a landslide, I'll say it again. I said it before. I'll say it again. If the Democrats rob this election with their mail-in voting, with their fraud, because they're already saying, oh, they're saying the only way I can lose is if uh, there's chicanery from uh, the uh, election uh, fraud from the Republicans, which, you know, every time they set us up for that because they know what they're going to do because they blame the other guy before they do it. If that happens and Trump makes it through and he, and, and he survives, I'll be the first guy to be the ultimate watchdog on Trump so he doesn't grow power to the point where this Bush, Clinton, Obama dynasty has made it to. Because if Biden wins, he's just an extension. And again, we have to keep the check and balance going because all power corrupts. As much as I like Trump, all power corrupts. Just saying. Well, that's fair, but he. But the thing about this president, in my opinion, he's done nothing. He has been extremely um, judicial in his use of his power. Agreed. He's yeah. done so much for the for, for minorities and the communities. This, this platinum plan, what he's done with the uh, pharmaceuticals, what he's done slowing down the war machine. I mean, he's taken on all of it. Well, he's not done only the that, right but- thing, and people still call him Hitler. But deferring everything to the states, everything that he can, he, he ships it to the states. Let them deal with it because that's the way he thinks that, that the government should be run. And everybody wants to call him a tyrant. Oh, look, he's, try, he's trying to take over. It's like yeah. for a Have guy they, who's trying to take over, he seems to be delegating a lot to the states. That yeah, doesn't seem exactly. to make a lot of sense. Have you, have you noticed the fruitcake who's, the, uh, who's in charge of the House, how she uh, delegates and how she uh, rams through uh, legislation with not even asking her members to be there? Hello? Yeah. Live from Studio 6B, we'll do some sports, and we'll give you uh, Joe Biden's crazy town. He had a rough day today. (laughs) Not a great day for old Joe. Needs to get back out to the dog track. We'll give you that when we get back, too. President Trump is recovering from the coronavirus, and so is America. Together, we rose to meet the challenge, protecting our seniors, getting them life-saving drugs in record time, sparing no expense. President Trump tackled the virus head-on, as leaders should. I can't imagine that anybody could be doing more. We'll get through this together. We'll live carefully, but not afraid. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. All right, 13 to the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Monday night on Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240, Comcast in Chicago, 113. Glad you're in. Glad everybody's in. If you're watching on social media, glad you're in as well. Keep sharing the show, like the show, follow the page. 
Um, let's do some sports here, and then we'll give you a crazy town. Joe Biden. Joe didn't have a good day today. It was, it was a little rough. Tweeted that he was in one place <laughs> and he was in another. And it's just, you know. These things happen, though, when you're pretty much out of it. So, all right, let's do some sports with uh, <laughs> Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? Okay, Big D scoring update. Um, Atlanta and the L.A. Dodgers National League Championship Series, top of the fifth <laughs> inning, still one nothing. And let's go to the PRCA Pro Rodeo. We got some results. Heart of Texas Rodeo that's still in progress for the entire week um, at Waco, Texas, at the Extraco Coliseum. Results for round one. Team roping Eric Rogers and Peyton Bray, 3.8 seconds. <clears throat> Tie down roping, Isaac Fontenot, 7.6 seconds. Steer racing, uh, steer wrestling, uh, Jacob Talley, 3.7 seconds. Bareback, Chad Rutherford living the high life, came in on living the high life at 85 points. And Saddle Bronc was Tyler Lawson on Trophy Wife, 83 and a half. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> Tyler Lawson was on Trophy Wife? Exactly. <laughs> that was his, that was his baby. That sounds like a movie. I we never mind. Uh, on Cinemax. All right. so, yeah. uh, listen, I've had comments about, about my mustache, so I, <laughs> Let's not go there. All right. So, Badlands bad, bad Circuit Finals, October 9th to 11th over the weekend. Minot, North Dakota, State Fair Center. Uh, bareback, Jordan Pelton on Warchick 2, 85. Paid out 12.95. Just two more here. Steer Wrestling, Carson Good, 4.1 seconds. Paid out 14.08. And on the tie-down roping, Tanistek, 8.4 seconds for $1,408. And sorry, no bow racing with Danny Hall traveling. Danny Hall, one of our followers, had asked me to uh, report on that. We had no barrel racing. Maybe we, maybe we need to revisit how we report here. <laughs> I'm <laughs> calling the names as they are, Big D. Well, I know that. I'm not saying to you, Rick. I'm just thinking out loud here as I'm listening to you say bareback on a chick paid out 1245. <laughs> I'm just thinking maybe we need to rethink how we actually deliver the rodeo so people understand what. Because if you jump in the middle of this, you just click on and watch the show and you hear bareback on a woman at 1245, so, you just think. It sounds yeah. like a trip to Vegas. That's right. <laughs> sounds like something's up. But yeah, yeah. And then you see me in the frame, forget it. Yeah, I know. So, it's just me. Well, don't forget go. about the tie down roping. I mean, that sounds like a good time. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. So we got to, we'll have to, we'll re right. uh, effort this. So Rick continues. Okay. We're getting down to the end here with the NBA. Yeah, and everybody's tired of hearing it, but we have to announce that the Lakers did win their 17th championship, tying the Boston Celtics 106 to 93. Yeah, boycott the CCP NBA. Yeah. Well, last night's hey Paul, last night's game. Are they going to have the parade in Beijing? Yeah, the no, parade's they, up in the air. It's uh, indefinite. They don't know when they're going to have it. No. Uh, maybe they won't have it at well, all. Well, did you see they burned down the city? They went haywire there. They uh, they were so happy about their team. They they just rioted and. There was a massive crowd out in front of the Staples yeah, Center last night. Burning stuff and massive. flipping cars. Exciting. Right, because, Very because exciting. Because that's where the Lakers are. President, um, President Xi going to get back to them on a date for the uh, <laughs> yeah. parade? Well, Maybe last not. night's game, the TV ratings were down 57% from last year's 2019 finals between <laughs> Toronto and Golden State. Oh, and going to head with Sunday Night Football aside, this signals trouble for the NBA's future, no question. And I got to just, I got to pass along this great tweet from one of our followers. Uh, yeah. Real mini AOC, you ready for this one? Sure. What's more meaningless, LeBron's championship <laughs> ring or Ilhan Omar's wedding ring? Hmm. Good one. <laughs> All right. And uh, NFL, here we go. And real quick, couple of scores, couple of highlights here. Carolina Panthers over the uh, Atlanta Falcons, 23-16, causing Such the Falcons to uh, remove Dan Quinn as their head coach. Uh, Miami <laughs> Dolphins. Finally. Yeah. Finally. My- <laughs> Dan Quinn, out. Out. Uh, Miami Dolphins, 43-17 over the 49ers. That was game. a big upset. Hold um, on. You're talking over each other. Sorry. What, what, Paul? I think they should have given him one more game just to turn it around. <laughs> 
fuck, come on. All right, stick with me here. Las Vegas Raiders, hey, they beat the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Brian Stamas wasn't too happy. Uh, 40 to 32. Somebody had that as a, as a runaway score, but uh, didn't happen. And um, Minnesota Vikings uh, lost to Seattle Seahawks 27-26. Mike Zimmer's call there towards the end. Very suspect, not going for the field goal, but guess he was just trying to close the game out with that high-potent uh, Seattle uh, offense. And uh, moving over to NASCAR, Chase Elliott wins at the Charlotte Royal uh, as Kyle Busch bounced from the NASCAR playoffs. NASCAR will crown a new champion this year, and the worst season of Busch's career extended to Mark earliest, uh, his earliest uh, reigning cup champion, and he's been eliminated for the format since 2014 when it debuted. Um, and Rafael Nadal, Nadal uh, <laughs> defeated Novak Djokovic yesterday in the French Open Finals, and he is now tied uh, Roger Federer with 20 Grand Slam championships. And last but not least, in closing, um, there have been a lot of dramatic and devastating knockouts in MMA history, but there were a few as mar- remarkable as the emphatic Yokam Buckley's spinning kick to the head of Impa Kasana Agwe on Saturday at UFC Fight Island 5 in Abu Dhabi. Bless 12 you. and a half million views on this turnaround ninja style Gee, roll kick. the clip. Yeah, I wish I had that clip. I uh, don't, don't. And, uh, Dana White and many of the MMX are touting this as one of the best knockouts in MMA history. Dana White. That was Dana White. You continue to call him Dana. Dana. Dana White. The Great Dane. Oh, Vanna White. Oh, yes. Vanna Can White. I buy a oh, did she watch yeah. this too? Yes. Right. Okay. I did see it. It was good. I mean, it's not to, like, I mean, it was good. It was well, good. Well, anytime yeah. somebody gets clocked with a spinning kick, you got to just, yeah. like, uh, yeah, top, he probably caught, top five. He caught awesome. his leg. That's what he yeah. caught his leg and then left himself wide open. The kid was smart enough to. You know, do what he did. So it was, it was good. Yep. Uh, all right. Anything else, Rick? That's a wrap in sports. Big. All big. right. Thanks, Rick. Uh, let's remind everybody. Joe Biden was out and about today, and uh, it did not go well. <laughs> if you may remember, I got in trouble when we were running against <laughs> the senator who was a Mormon. The governor. How about okay? the senator who's a moron? I took him on. <laughs> you. you know, we have to come together. That's why I'm running. I'm running as a proud Democrat for the Senate. So vote. Vote. Visit slash Ohio. Kid me with this tool bag. Now, can I just tell you, um, I didn't pick up on this, but do you know what the funniest part of that those three clips are? Is the first one. He puts the mask over his eyes. Well, that, and then he <laughs> says to the cameras, you may remember. Well, man, well let's hope that they did, because clearly you don't. You may remember. They, uh, what was that guy I ran against for president in 2012? <laughs> you know, that, uh, that Mormon guy. <laughs> yeah, so Joe, Joe had a rough, uh, rough go Does that make it. him an anti-Mormite? Who, Romney? No, uh, Biden. Come on. Yeah, just leave, just leave it there, Paul. Yeah, listen, I'm just sick. Of, he, well, this is the guy who race baits everything. You know, he does intersectionality on everything, and now he's labeling the guy a Mormon. You know, he kind of broke his own rule. Well, when you're, when you're trying to remember even if anything about who you're trying to talk about, you latch on to whatever jumps into your, uh, to your mind. So he obviously thought Utah probably – uh, governor, he right. heard that he got he got that out, and so Mormon came out. So, 
But, I mean, Joe just did not have a good day today, 23 days out from the election. Yeah, he had the state wrong. He had the website wrong. The website, iwill.com, goes nowhere. It's a forbidden, uh, just let's, a blank uh, page. Let's, let's close out with the Pelosi thing. People are begging for it. Well, I don't think we have time, but we can play. No, we don't <sighs> have time. It's way too long. So, well, we'll post the Pelosi thing. That's coming up. G's going to cut that clip out, the Pelosi. Uh, we'll see which version is the best one. We'll put it up, so. That was a beauty. Um, all right. As always, we salute our military, active and active, police, firefighters, first responders. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, uh, G. Thanks, Fran. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, everybody here on the show. Most of all, thanks, uh, Real America's Voice. Most of all, though, thank you, the audience. We will see you tomorrow night. That's a lame sign-off. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow that? night. Live from Studio 6B, 8 p.m. We'll see you then. Joe Morgan. Joe Morgan.